God is good. Isn't he, church? Jesus is Lord. Amen. I want to talk about the blood of Jesus today. It's that today we remember his death. Of course, we're looking back, so we honor him, we worship him. We even have a note of celebration because it is finished. He accomplished everything he needed to accomplish. That's why we're here today. Our sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit's been shed abroad in our hearts. We are saved, saved. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, redeemed, purchased, bought back, freed from slavery, slavery to sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. Thank God for that. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Healed. Spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing. Healed. Praise the Lord. Zechariah prophesied, In that day a fountain shall be opened for the house of David, and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. There is a famous hymn we would sing. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. A fountain was opened. Oh, thank God. An everlasting fountain filled with the precious blood of Jesus that we can be immersed washed, cleansed in that blood, and stand righteous before our God. The Scripture tells us, they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. The writer there, John, says that he is worthy Because he redeemed us by his blood. That's why we worship him today. That's why we sing songs to him. That's why we lay down our life to him. That's why our hearts are filled with thanksgiving today. That's why we're here today. Worthy is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Without that awful day of suffering, sorrow, and shed blood at the cross, God cannot be both just and justifier of those who trust in Jesus. Amazingly, the day that seemed to be the greatest triumph of evil was actually the death blow in God's glorious plan to save the world. You know, the scripture says, Paul's writing, he says that they would have known, if they would have known what would happen on the cross they never would have crucified Jesus. It tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. If they would have known, it's amazing how what would seem to be the absolutely worst day, the shame and the humiliation and the suffering and the death and the betrayal and the crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That day that we celebrate today, that day was our greatest triumph. For in that, Jesus died for you and me. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
It was at the cross that Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Rather than being a day of defeat and humiliation, this was Jesus' shining moment. Because he died and was buried and rose again, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. And we say Jesus is Lord today, do we not? We willingly bow our knee and bow our heart. It was at the cross that Jesus disarmed the enemy, displayed their defeat at the cross, and defeated him. We can only imagine how Satan and every dark, gleeful demon attacked Jesus as he hung on the cross on our behalf, as if he were a guilty sinner. As he was suspended there, bound hand and foot to the wood in apparent weakness, they imagined that they had him at their mercy and flung themselves on him with hostile intent. But far from suffering their attack without resistance, he grappled with them and mastered them, stripping them of the armor in which they had trusted, held them aloft in his outstretched hands, displaying to the universe their helplessness and his own unvanquished strength. Hallelujah. I love that. He defeated the enemy. He triumphed over the enemy. He displayed their weakness and their shame. It was a day of shame and dishonor and humiliation and defeat for the hour and power of darkness, not for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God could not save us any other way than through the blood of Jesus. We know that. Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. Our nature is sinful and rebellious. Our sins, the Bible says, are piled high. Listen to what it says in Ezra chapter 9. Oh my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift up my face to you, for our sins are piled higher than our heads, and our guilt has reached to the heavens. Well, our sins are piled high. If the Lord should count our iniquities, who can stand in his presence? But I'm so glad that he doesn't count our sins. I'm so glad that he doesn't credit them to our account. I'm so glad that he does not hold them against us. But they've been washed in the blood of Jesus. They've been cast into the deepest sea. He has removed them as far as the east is from the west. He has thrown them behind his back. He died. He buried them, carried them far, far away. We are forgiven today, set free today. We stand washed in the blood today and righteous in his sight. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Why is the blood so precious? I'm going to answer that question. Because of whose it was. It was his blood, the Son of God. It was not just any blood. It was not the blood of an ordinary man or a great teacher or a prophet of God. It was the blood of God's own son. God became a man so a sinless man could die for your sins and my sins. The scripture tells us there's seven specific places where Jesus shed his blood. It began in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was in great agony. And the Gospel of Luke tells us this, that under great stress and under great pressure, he sweated out his sweat as it were great drops of blood. 
The scripture says that when he was arrested, he was beaten and bruised. He bled internally. Why is that? Because the bruise is internal bleeding. Why did he have to bleed internally? Because many times our wounds go deep within. And I'm so glad that Jesus shed his blood, that he even bled internally so that our inner wounds, our inner hurts, and our inner pains might be set free, might be forgiven, might be washed, might be strengthened, might be healed, might be restored. He was scourged on his back, and with his stripes we are healed. On his head was a crown of thorns. That's number four. Uh, His hands were pierced. That's number five. His feet were pierced. That's number six. And his side was pierced. That's number seven. Seven specific places where Jesus bled for you and I. Seven. A number of completion. A number of perfection. You can't get any better than that. Everything that needed to be done was done at the cross Jesus took upon himself the full measure of suffering. When he cried out, it is finished, everything was accomplished. Everything was finished from every prophecy, from every type, from every command, from everything that Jesus needed to do. He completed it at that moment. But specifically, every single drop of blood that needed to be shed was shed. When that last drop of blood fell to that ground, Jesus could then say, it is finished. He took upon himself the full measure of suffering, the full measure of his father's wrath, the full measure of the anger and the hour and power of darkness. He suffered, he bled, and when he bled, that last drop of blood, he cried out, it is finished. That means the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He shed his blood that every sin we commit, even though they be piled high, we know that there is power in the blood, ample power in the blood, all sufficient power in the blood. It is finished. He accomplished it all. He did what he needed to do. He did what he needed to do. So that we might be forgiven. It is finished. The blood is precious because of whose it was. The blood is precious because of whom it was for. It was for you and me. We need to make this cross personal. We need to make the death of Jesus on the cross personal. We understand that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we understand that it was for the world of humanity that he died. But he also died specifically for me and specifically for you. It tells us in the book of Colossians, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. In you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind, make it personal, by wicked works. Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. It wasn't just simply for the world. It was for you. It was for me. I think it's important for you and I to understand how much God loved us by sending his son that Jesus died for you and for me. 
Not just the world in an abstract sense, but for me. He died for me. I am the reason why he was crucified. It was my sins that were placed upon him. Now if I believe, I will be saved and experience my wonderful salvation. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. Somebody give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. One night in a church service, a young woman felt the tug of God at her heart. She responded to God's call and accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. The young woman had a very rough past involving alcohol, drugs, and prostitution, but the change in her was evident. As time went on, she became a faithful member of the church. She eventually became involved in the ministry, teaching young children. It was not very long until this faithful young woman had caught the eye and heart of the pastor's son. The relationship grew, and they began to make wedding plans. This is when the problems began. You see, about one half of the church did not think that a woman with such a past as hers was suitable for a pastor's son. The church began to argue and fight about the matter, so they decided to have a meeting. As the people made their arguments and tensions increased, the meeting was getting completely out of hand. The young woman became very upset about all the things being brought up about her past. As she began to cry, the pastor's son stood to speak. He could not bear the pain it was causing his wife to be. He began to speak, and his statement was this, my fiance's past is not what is on trial here. What you are questioning is the ability of the blood of Jesus to wash away sin. Today, you have put the blood of Jesus on trial. So, does it wash away sin or not? The whole church began to weep as they realized that they had been slandering the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Too often, even as Christians, we bring up the past and use it as a weapon against our brothers and sisters. Forgiveness is a very foundational part of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If the blood of Jesus does not cleanse the other person completely, then it cannot cleanse us completely. Aren't you thankful today for the blood of Jesus, that our past is forgiven, that today we are forgiven, that it is an eternal forgiveness, and when we get to heaven, that blood will ever intercede for us. It will never lose us power. We will be confirmed in righteousness forever and ever endeavor, endeavor. I thank God for the blood of Jesus today. Precious blood. Precious blood. It is precious because of whose it was. It is precious because of whom it was for, you and me. It is precious because of where it was shed. Where it was shed. On the cross, the cruelest way to die back during that time was the cross. People could be beheaded. They could be stoned to death. They could even be tossed to wild beasts. But the, but the way of death that was considered the most humiliating, the most challenging, the most difficult, the most cruel was death by crucifixion. That's why the Apostle Paul writing and saying this, Jesus was obedient. And then he intensifies that obedience even to the death of of the cross. The scripture tells us that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, 
For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus shed his blood at the cross. That horrible, horrible tree of suffering. God's word even says that there is a curse on those that hang on a tree. And Jesus willingly became a curse so that we might have the curse of God lifted off of us. And what is the curse? Cursed is everyone that does not obey everything written in the book of the law at all times for your entire life. You fall under the curse, the curse of death, the curse of God's judgment. But Jesus hung on that cross, becoming a curse for you and I, that we might be delivered, redeemed from the curse of the law. Somebody say amen to that. It is precious blood because Jesus died on the cross. Jesus experienced hours of limitless pain, cycles of twisting, joint-rending cramps, intermittent partial asphyxiation, searing pain where tissue is torn from his lacerated back as he moves up and down against the rough timber. Then another agony begins, a terrible crushing pain deep in the chest as the pericardium slowly fills with serum and begins to compress the heart. Psalm 22, verse 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. It is now almost over. The loss of tissue fluids has reached a critical level. The compressed heart is struggling to pump heavy, thick, sluggish blood into the tissue. The tortured lungs are making a frantic effort to grasp in small gulps of air. The markedly dehydrated tissues send the floods of stimuli to the brain. Jesus gasps, I thirst. One remembers another verse from the prophetic Psalm 22. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. The body of Jesus is now in extremes, and he can feel the chill of death creeping through his tissues. This realization brings out his six words, possibly little more than a tortured whisper. It is finished. His mission of atonement has completed. Finally, he can allow his body to die. With one last surge of strength, he once again presses his torn feet against the nail, straightens his legs, takes a deeper breath, and utters his seventh and last cry. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It is precious blood because that blood was spilled. It was shed. It was given up for you and I at the most wicked, humiliating, shameful, torturous way to go at the cross. And I want you to know that he willingly gave up his life. He did it out of obedience to the Father's plan, and he did it because of his love for you and me. Blown away is what that song was all about, that special music. Blown away at how much Jesus loves you and me. How much Jesus loves you and me. I remember preaching in Pakistan to a a revival meeting, open air, 
Thousands of Pakistanis were there. And I'm talking about the cross and how much Jesus loves them. And I illustrated it by, you know, we say, how much do you love me? I love you this much. Well, Jesus loves us this much as he spread his arms as wide as they could be to be crucified on that cross. When you see Jesus on the cross, just think about how much he really does love you. He was cursed and shamed and mocked and rejected and wounded for you and for me at the cross. Why is this blood so precious? Because of how it was shed. Lovingly and willingly. Lovingly and willingly. There's a story of a French soldier in World War I. It is told that in the First World War, there was a young French soldier who was seriously wounded his arm was so badly smashed that it had to be amputated. He was a magnificent specimen of young manhood, and the surgeon was grieved that he must go through life maimed. So he waited beside his bedside to tell him the bad news when he recovered consciousness. When the lad's eyes opened, the surgeon said to him, I am sorry to tell you that you have lost your arm. Sir, the lad said, I did not lose it. I gave it for France. Jesus did not lose his life. He gave it. The cross was not thrust upon him. He willingly accepted it for us in order to bind up our broken heart. I shared on Sunday out of Isaiah chapter 50 where it talks about how he gave his back to the smiters. He gave his face to those that would smite him. He came to do the will of his father and to finish his work. He must go to Jerusalem to suffer and to die. He said, if it be possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not your will, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus willingly, sacrificially, lovingly, completely, without reservation, gave up his life. That's what makes the blood so precious. It wasn't done to him. It was done for us. For us. Why is the blood so precious? The blood is precious because of what it accomplished. What it accomplished. Man, I could talk for an hour about what the blood of Jesus accomplished. The blood washes away our sins. Somebody say amen. amen. The blood satisfies the Father's wrath. Somebody say amen. The blood redeems our soul from destruction. Somebody say amen. amen. The blood destroys the works of the devil. Say amen. amen. The blood cleanses our guilty conscience. Somebody say amen. amen. And the blood heals our diseases. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the blood. It is precious blood. Religion, they just magnify and amplify and glorify their own works as a way to get to heaven. But Christianity says it's not through works, it's through the blood. It's not by effort, it's by grace. It's the gift of God. It's not how much you love God, but rather how much God loves you. It's not what you can do for the Lord. It's how much Jesus did for you and for I. It's not changing our life and turning over a new life. It's being transformed by the Spirit of God. Amen? And we glory in the cross. And we revel and worship him for his shed blood. And we hold fast to these eternal truths. 
as many people walk away from these truths and somehow think that this is barbaric and not fit for civilized humanity, we double down on the cross, the blood, redemption, forgiveness of sins, because we know it is our salvation. Somebody say amen. 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 Well, the blood washes away our sins, satisfies the Father's wrath, redeems our soul, destroys the works of the devil, cleanses our guilty conscience, and heals our diseases. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonder-working power in the blood. In the blood. Bow your heads in the presence of the Lord today. Why is the blood so precious? Because of whose it was. Because of for whom it was shed. Because of where it was shed at the cross. Because of how it was shed, lovingly and willingly. And because of what it accomplished. I believe that there are people here today. You need to come to Christ you need to receive Christ. You need to return to the Lord. You need to get your heart right with God. I'm talking to those that have never prayed to be saved, and I'm talking to those that are here, and you have wandered away. You have strayed away. You have drifted away. You've fallen away. But you find yourself here today by the sovereign drawing of the Holy Spirit. And the word has been declared, and the songs have been sung, and the Spirit of God is moving upon your heart. Will you not believe today? Will you not receive Christ today? Look at what God has done for you through Jesus. Will you not surrender your life to Him? Will you not become a follower of Him? Who else are you going to follow that has eternal life? Who else are you going to serve that can treat you with such kindness and such goodness? Who else has promises of eternal life but Jesus Christ? I just want to implore you and encourage you this day, at this moment, to come to Jesus, to receive him as your Savior, to return back to God, to renew your commitment to him, to put him first in your heart, to say from this day forward, I'm a follower of Jesus. Your head is bowed. The Spirit of God is moving. And you know, you know that this, is, this day is meant for you. It's a day of salvation. It's a day of recommitment. It's a day of returning back to Jesus. It's a day of receiving Christ as your Savior. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And if you would say, Pastor Tim, I want to be included in this prayer. The Spirit of God is touching me. Include me in this prayer. With your heads bowed, just lift up your hand. And I'm going to include you in this prayer. Just lift up your hand right now. And I'm going to include you in this prayer. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Over there, thank you. Thank you for that. Just lift up your hand. I'm going to include, thank you right there. Thank you right there. I'm just going to include you in this prayer. Lift up your hand and say, that's me. I need to give my heart to Jesus. Yes, thank you back there as well. I need to return to the Lord. More hands are being lifted. Praise the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. I see that hand too. Come on. 
Come on, Spirit of God. Draw them, draw them, draw them. Who's got courage? Thank you, children. Yes, thank you. Thank you, young lady right there. Who else? Who else? Lift up your hand. Say, I want to be included in this prayer. Included in this prayer. Yes, right back there as well. Lots of hands. That's lots of hands. The ushers are helping me out. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. All right, let's all pray together. Those that raised their hand and all of us in the pews, let's pray together, all right? By way of encouraging them, say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I receive you as my Savior, as my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Oh, Lord, be good to me. Give me the gift of your Holy Spirit. Change my life. Give me power from this day forward. I'm going to follow Jesus in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's let's give God praise.